And emotions are like energy in motion. We have to act on them. If we don't, they keep circling. They make us sick. So we have to act on the emotion. If we're afraid, we have to take a step. If you know you didn't speak up at your office meeting, maybe you can take a step forward so that if you feel jealous because someone else got some credit for something. So it's a call to action. An emotion is a call to action. We have to act on it. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Anu Gulati. And Anu is a certified energy practitioner specializing in ancestral and emotional healing and the author of the forthcoming book, Heal Your Ancestral Roots, Release the Family Patterns That Hold You Back. And I got an advanced copy. It's an amazing book. It's coming out in March 2023. And Anu will speak more on that a little bit later. But Anu came to the U.S. to earn her Ph.D. in economics and stayed After 15 years in finance and academia, she left it to learn how to help people create the life they want. Her training in ancestral healing work and experiences with family constellation therapy allowed her to see repetitive patterns that appeared in her life and her clients' lives and learn how also to release them to find the inner confidence to create the lives that they want. She lives in Boston with her husband and two children. Anu, welcome to the show. Thank you, Drew. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here with you. It is an honor to be with you. And, and like I was saying, I'm, I've been loving your book. And uh, I think people are going to really enjoy it when they hear more about what you, what you offer. And um, I think they're going to really enjoy this new book. But Anu, I'd love to start with your background because it's re- it was really interesting you know when we first had our conversation i had no idea that you spent 15 years in finance and academia and and i'd love for you to just speak about making sort of the jump from from this this other life to to the world of becoming a healer um yeah i wish i could say it was a sort of straight line journey in many ways i came to study economics which was very conventional And then I had a career in finance and academia, also very conventional. But then my journey just took a turn. I got really sick. I was in the ER three times. And when I was in there for the third time, uh, my friend who was there, she said to me, she said, how many times are you going to go through this before you're willing to try something different? And her words, even today, ring in my ears. How many times are you willing to go through this before you're willing to change? And that started me on a journey of healing. And it's, of course, like a Pandora's box. Once I'd opened it, there was no going back. And um, that's when I left academia. I trained in flower essences, ancestral healing work, and I decided this is what I want to do, help people have better lives, Mm. heal emotionally and create fulfilling lives. Amazing. Amazing. And, um, you know, when we, we had our, we had a wonderful conversation on the phone and you mentioned to me how one of, one of the root issues that seems to be going on is how disconnected people are from, 
themselves, from ourselves. And I know you've spoken about being on a mission to help people come home to themselves. And I'd love for you to just speak about this disconnection that we're experiencing and what it, what that means to come home to ourselves. I think what happens is this disconnection with ourselves begins inadvertently and it begins in childhood as we search for connection outside and we're never really taught how to trust ourselves and connect with ourselves, how to trust our emotions, how to trust our feelings, our gut. And the more we start to search for validation and acknowledgement from outside, to some level we're hardwired to do that, but we have to learn to trust our feelings and develop an overarching philosophy of life. And a key part of that connection is our con as our connection with whom we came from, our ancestors. Because we, in a lot of Eastern traditions, those are so important, the connection with the ancestors and honoring them. And what I see is these ancestral patterns show up in my client's life. So we have to work at healing that. So, you know, coming home is honoring our ancestors, observing our emotions, recognizing that they have a message for us and connecting with our spiritual self and also with Mother Earth, which is ultimately the healing energy of the Earth that heals us. Hmm. It's such a powerful idea that, that, that I was telling you, this, this notion of having a philosophy of life, because I just feel we're, we, we, have the, we have absolutely nothing like that right now. And so many young people, older people struggling with anxiety, struggling with mental health challenges and you know where does someone this this thought just came to me but but where does someone go you know if they want to establish a philosophy of life is is it going back to their ancestry i think there there are different places that you can start but the first place is to start with connecting with yourself and how do we really begin that and we think of ourselves and we get this message that, you know, we are rational beings. We are scientific, rational beings who have emotions. But if we were to flip it and say, you know, we really are emotional beings who rationalize, then we allow our emotions to take center stage and recognizing that our emotions have a message for us. So how do we start working with our emotions? Journaling is a great way to begin working with our emotions because the act of journaling means we don't censor ourselves. We can just write down what we are feeling and that helps us reconnect with ourselves. The act of taking a walk in nature, going out for a daily walk, that starts the act of like allowing ourselves to reconnect. Um, you know, going back to something as simple as faith, like a spiritual connection, we lose it along the way. You know, organized religion is probably not the answer we're looking for, but a connection to something bigger is what we're searching for. And we need to start that process. Mm. You know, looking for a little meaning in different things, beginning with gratitude, seeing how we're being taken care of. Mm. This episode's sponsor is Microbiome Labs. For the last nine years, Microbiome Labs has been committed to advancing understanding of the human microbiome. They're at the helm of innovation, putting new formulations and technology in the hands of healthcare practitioners and patients. 
Among many other novel innovations, MBL can now help improve the gut-brain connection with their ZenBiome Cope and ZenBiome Sleep products. Maybe it's been a while since you've re-examined your probiotic choices, the science around the microbiome or novel solutions that are coming out every day. Microbiome Labs will be here at the forefront of science, continuing to pioneer health in this space. For more about this strain and other gut microbiome products, just visit microbiomelabs.com. And as a special bonus for the Drew Perlman Show listeners out there, receive 15% off your total order from Microbiome Labs by just using the discount code that is in the show notes. You've, you've mentioned when you talk about the emotions and as messengers, when you, you, you've written and, and spoken about how emotions are the portal, the doorway to transformation. Maybe if you could speak to, to what you mean by that. You know, I'm actually going to begin uh, with an emotion like jealousy. We think of jealousy as a really negative emotion. And so, for instance, we might say, oh, you know, she's really jealous. But actually, if you look at jealousy, um, you know, someone might be jealous because they want it. It's telling you, look, I want something that you have. I may not be able to have it. So there could be a feeling of bitterness. I may not know how to get it. There could be some fear, a needing direction. And so if I was to break down jealousy, it's telling me maybe I'm afraid, maybe I'm sad, I can't actually have it. And emotions are like energy in motion. We have to act on them. If we don't, they keep circling, they make us sick. So we have to act on the emotion. If we're afraid, we have to take a step. If you know you didn't speak up at your office meeting, maybe you can take a step forward so that if you feel jealous because someone else got some credit for something. So it's a call to action. An emotion is a call to action. We have to act on it. Mm. Then it opens up the portal to like, you know, making change, creating change. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. You know, I think you mentioned that uh, just, just to go back a little bit as well is, is you've also said that um, one of your, your missions is to help people release victim, victimhood and reclaim their power and self-worth. And I'd love to just know how, how this, this, this plays in as well with, with emotions, if someone is experiencing emotions of being a victim, emotions of shame, um, some really, really powerful negative emotions. But it seems as though this can be, this could be the catalyst for, for change. You know, when we think of our ancestors, maybe our parents or grandparents, or if we go beyond that, when we think of ancestral healing, for instance, it's about re releasing the feeling that re we are victims of what came before us. Because if we can release the feeling of being a victim, then we can actually find the freedom to create what we want. And letting go of that feeling of victimhood is hard because being a victim means we want something from somebody. Acknowledgement being seen, like, you know, see what I'm feeling, seeing what, see what I'm going through. But if we can connect with ourselves, we can start to give ourselves some of what we're looking for from outside. We can start to accept, you know, other people are just doing the best they can. They cannot maybe do this. You know, oftentimes, even with a parent, 
a child will have an expectation, an adult will have an expectation, right? That my mother is going to be a certain way, my father is going to be a certain way. But if we can let go of the expectation and just accept them as they are, then we start to release that feeling of being a victim. We start to reclaim our power. We can start to create a life we want instead of having to absorb feelings that we're projecting onto ourselves from somebody else. Hmm. You know, Anu, you talk a lot about something that's been on my mind is, is patterns and the, these patterns that show up again and again. And I just wanted to just read a little bit from your book. Um, is, is that okay to, to read a short piece of it or? Sure. <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't want to get in trouble right now by doing something I'm not supposed to, but, um, cause again, the book is coming out in March, 2023. So, but you, you write something really fascinating when you, when you say that, what if a family is not just a nuclear entity with your parents, siblings, or even grandparents, but an energy field that includes those who are no longer alive? And, and actually before that, in, in the book, you talk about how sometimes themes re reappear in a family for, for generations, financial distress, bankruptcy, business failure, sibling rivalry, divorce, or conversely long, happy marriages, good... But but it's really fascinating, these patterns and, and this notion that a family is also an energy field that include as you say, includes people who are no longer even here. Maybe if you could could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, maybe I can share two instances, Drew. So one example I want to share is of a client who came to me because she was really upset um, because her son had quit his job and she herself was the primary earner in the family and her daughter had also married a man where she was the primary earner in the family. But when we look back, we saw that in her family, the pattern of the women being the primary earners and the men quitting their jobs, it extended all the way back to her maternal grandmother. And then we went back to explore the story of how that could have happened and what needed to be seen to be released. Because the transgenerational pattern is really the energy of unresolved emotions. So just working with that, she was able to start to release that pattern. Her son actually went back to work and said, I don't know, mom, what I was thinking. I don't want to do this again. He was a young guy. The other... Um, idea of this energy field being really more than we think it is. It's not just in nuclear families. Of course, sometimes we have the step families, you know, but this woman, she came because she was really anxious and disconnected from her parents because she had dropped out of college and then she had gone on back to finish, but it had sort of created a rupture. And in the family story, we discovered it was her aunt a first-generation um, woman who had gone to college and she had eloped and dropped out of college. And she didn't know anything of the story, but then we discovered this pattern and this was affecting her life and her current relationships with her parents. So it's this unresolved energy from the past that, you know, wants to be healed. It wants, needs forgiveness, acceptance, letting go. And so releasing the feeling of victimhood actually allows these emotions to go come to rest. Hmm. 
Wow. I knew that's so powerful. <laughs> I gotta tell you, because it, it, you know, it, it seems to, you know, this whole idea that, you know, the story didn't begin with us, but it's a bigger story and it kind of puts things in a bigger perspective as opposed to, I'm just mad at my, my child who, who quit, quit his job. And, but this is, or, you know, but, but it's like a bigger, bigger story. It's very powerful. Yeah, it's 256 mothers and fathers in seven generations before us. And that's a lot of what Eastern traditions say. It's the, as well as Native American traditions, it's seven generations before before us. And um, that's a lot. Seven generations before us th- that, that they're impacting what what's Impact. happening today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's a lot of mothers and fathers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, that is. And, and so this whole idea of what you talk about, these ancestral patterns that re- repeat these karmic patterns and how they're, they're showing up, showing up today. So, so in the case of the example that you brought up, so, so this person who, who is, who is, um, you know, unhappy with her, with her son for quitting his job. So she just had to do as opposed to focusing on him, she had to do the work on herself. Is that how you went when she came to you? Is that what it was about working on herself? She actually began a practice of honoring her ancestors. Um, she also, you know, traced it back to this feeling of shame that she carried about her father, her grandfather, her brother, who had also quit his job. And it's like recognizing that, you know, I need to understand what went on with them, have compassion for their story, understand their story. And in releasing that anger and that shame and, you know, honoring her ancestors, uh, she was able to bring peace to the energy field because, believe it or not, actually, our ancestors, because we represent the part of them that's here on this earth, they actually want to make amends. They actually want us to heal and take it forward because when we do that, then they can also be at peace and move up to higher realms. Then they start to be able to be more helpful as opposed to you know, being blocks in our lives. Hmm. So I'd love to know also, so aside from the family constellation therapy, which, which I know is a big part of your work, this the flower essences, which I know is a form of energy medicine. I'd love to know what drew you in about or what attracted you to the flower essences as a tool for, for your work. You know, what I noticed about doing family constellation therapy that is that it offers like a window into what have, what could have created the ancestral pattern, what could have been part of the ancestral history that you don't know. And so it's like an insight, a perception, and it offers a window of understanding, but then you need to integrate it into yourself. So if you've been, say, mad at your grandfather and you suddenly feel that sense of compassion for him or understanding in the family constellation, you need to sort of maintain that feeling. And I find that it's easiest to maintain and support the integration with flower essences because flower essences work at the level of the emotion in 
calming the emotions and releasing the emotions, shifting them. So in that sense, I feel like they're very supportive of the insights that come open um, in family constellation work. Hmm. And, and and how did you how did you get exposed to to the 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 essences? I had moved from Washington D.C. to Chicago, and you know, once as I said, once I'd opened up myself to different healing modalities, I discovered this little store, and I went in there, and she had all these flower essences, and uh, I remember asking her, "What are these?" And she said how are you feeling? Well, let me ask you, how are you feeling? And it had been so long since someone had asked me, how are you feeling? Because I'd been suppressing my emotions in order to function, to be a mother, to be a spouse, to, you know, volunteer, to have my job. And, you know, it's the message we always get is like, don't be too sensitive. Don't bring your emotions to work. And so I was suppressing all of that. But it's when I started to take them that I started to feel a sense of calm. I started to feel a sense of hope. I started to release the feelings of being angry and feeling like a victim. That started to shift for me. And that's how I ended up uh, training and becoming certified in them. Mm. And I have to tell you, Anu created an amazing blend flower essences for me. And um, it's been hugely helpful and powerful. And um she is amazing at doing this work. So thank you for that. <laughs> Drew, I'm so glad that you found it helpful. <laughs> very, very helpful. Yeah. You you offer such a hopeful message. And and I and I wanted to just read this. Again, it's from your book. And I, I love this line. It's incredibly, it's incredibly inspiring. You write, you may be the one your ancestors have been waiting for, the one who will bring about healing and repair of the family energy field. Okay, this is my favorite line. When you start to do that, you lift the ceiling on your own life. I love that. You lift the ceiling on your own life. And also for those who may come after you. I mean, it's one of the most hopeful messages I've ever read. Thank you, Drew. I think, you know, sometimes I ask people the question, like, do you feel that you're the one trying to do the repair work in your family? Do you find that you're the one bridging relationships? And a lot of people don't understand why they're doing that, why they feel called to it. But actually, it's the most sacred thing they could be doing. And I really want people to know that that is such a sacred task that you have taken on. Mm. It's like a, you can almost think of like a generation or two generations out, like like that young person or that whoever that that you could be, you know, the 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 unborn generations that you're that yeah. you could be putting an end to some negative pattern or, and that's really really powerful. So Anu, what are some of the daily practices that you do every day that make you feel the most grounded and alive? Well, I have four daily practices that I think I do every day. The first is to honor my ancestors, which brings me a lot of peace. 
The second is I stop at my altar and light a candle every day because that also brings me a lot of peace and gratitude. Um, I also make time for daily reflection because I ask myself the questions, what do I need to see? What do I need to learn? What do I need to let go of? Which allows me to live with intention and awareness and then, of course, this should be no surprise. I take flower essences to support me so that I can really live from that space of intention and awareness. So that's what I do every day. Hmm. That's great. And if someone's listening to this and, and they're feeling a little hopeless and powerless, and I know you can't speak to everyone, but if they were with you right now, what what might you tell them? I would say restore the connection to yourself. Don't let that be lost. Whether that means you start journaling, you start walking in nature, you st begin a practice of reconnecting with your spirituality, whatever it might look like. And I'm also gonna offer like three or four flower essences, which I think are really uh, useful. Um, there's large for having confidence in yourself. There's gorse for hope, actually. And then there's gentian for feeling that I can do this. I can pick myself up. I can tackle whatever it is. And um, I would think those three are key. If you have this feeling like I'm at the end of my rope, this has been so long, then sweet chestnut is an amazing essence at that point. So I would recommend those four essences for really that feeling of hopelessness. What makes the flower essences so powerful compared to like other, you know, compared to, to other herb or herbs or, um, you know, I, I'm just curious to know what, what is, what is the energetic component of the flower essences? Um, you know, we, as I said, we think of ourselves as rational beings, but we really are emotional beings. And there were researchers at the University of Glasgow who said that there are four primary emotions. There's grief, sadness, anger, and joy. And a lot of times we're cycling in those three emotions. And the flower essences take each of those emotions and they work with the nuances of them. For instance, even for fear, there's like six or seven different types of fear. And also our emotions actually have frequencies because this is what Candice Foote, the neuroscientist discovered, that our emotions have a frequency and flower essences are really energetic frequencies because it's just the healing emotional energy of the flower. And that's what calms the emotions down so that then we can start to think and connect with ourselves. Mm. Anu, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 40 years or so, what, what words of wisdom do you think that your current self would share with your younger self? I think, Drew, I've always wanted to know the way, the whole way. But if I was to tell my younger self anything, it would be you can only take one step at a time. But if you take that first step, the path will become clear, like the next step will be shown to you because the universe is really there to support you. It's important to have faith 
patience and learn to trust yourself. Mm. And of course, have faith in the universe that it is there to support you. But the journey is really step by step, which is why it's so important to perhaps be present and be grounded because that's the only space we can be in really. Mm. That's so great. Anu, for, for people that want to learn more about you, your work, they want to get the book in March in 2023 that'll be available, um, where should they go to find out more about you and your book? Um, my website is healyourancestralroots.com. And on that website, um, you can actually pre-order the book. You can subscribe to my newsletter. And uh, also have a download where you can get the 10 key essences for your relationships. Um, you can get that, but you can also subscribe. You can also pre-order the book um, at Helio Ancestral Roots on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or my publisher, Inner Traditions. Any of those sites, you can pre-order the book as well. Great, great. Anu, as we bring this to a close, is there anything else that you wanted to... Uh that you wanted to share. I know you did a lot, <laughs> you know, you did some, you did some, uh, you know, I, I know you did some work in terms of preparing for, for the show today. I, I, was there anything else that, uh, that you wanted to put out there or share with, with our listeners? Um, I think Drew, we covered like many things I wanted to share, but I really, most importantly, um, tell people, you know, your ancestors live within you when you carry them inside of you, you can feel more authentic, you have this coherence within you, and you can start to live from that place. Because that connection that you're searching from outside, it lives inside of you. That's so that's so wonderful. And it, and it does feel like like you talked about in the beginning, this disconnection, but but it, but reestablishing that relationship with our ancestors. And as you say, that's something you do every day and that we all could do every day. Yeah. And you don't need to really know anything about your ancestors for this to work. Mm. In terms of in terms of some simple steps like creating an altar pictures is are those are some things that you would do? You could create an altar. A, a place where you stop every day. It could be just anything. If you have pictures, that's fine. Don't place it in your bedroom, but anywhere outside of your bedroom. Um, it could be an altar to nature, like bringing something from outside, you know, leaves, uh, flowers, um, have some, you know, sound healing if you like. Bells. It could be anything, anything that just lifts the frequency of your living environment. And that's really what an altar is. It's raising the frequency of your living environment. So just anything where you can do that, any place you can do it is fine. But if you have an ancestral altar, which you're doing, then just don't place it in your bedroom. Excellent. Anu, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much, Drew. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover. 
and stay well, everyone.